the congressional races continue to take shape. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. With me today are Ed Tibbetts of the Quad City Times. Good morning, Ed. Morning, James. Thomas Nelson of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, And Gazette columnist Todd Dorman. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. First up, uh, let's look at that Iowa 2nd District race. Uh, continues to take shape. State Representative Bobby Kaufman has decided to run for, not to run for the open seat, uh, created by Dave Lobsack's decision to retire. Kaufman says he believes he can accomplish more in the Iowa House than in the U.S. House. He also is concerned about the impact uh, running for Congress would have on his farming operations and his uh, construction demolition business. Uh, Ed, uh, does Kaufman's decision surprise you, and does it tell us anything about uh, that race, the second district race? Well, I, I don't know that it surprises me. I mean, he's been rumored uh, as a possible candidate before um, and, and has never run. And yes, I know this is an open seat and probably makes it more enticing. But, you know, this is a risky move. Um, there's bound to be a number of Republicans running for the job, just like I, I would expect in the Democratic Party. And, you know, I haven't I haven't talked to Kaufman about this. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, but to run for the seat and to be successful, um, and why would you run if you didn't plan to be successful, um, that would mean essentially giving up his state house seat and, and for what a stab at a seat that you know has been held by democrats for a dozen or more years uh, i mean i expect it to be competitive but you know but it's risky and and so uh you know someone like kaufman uh who uh, uh you know who is on a two-year term um that you know the the cost of losing is is pretty big yeah the decision leaves us with uh, Osceola Mayor Thomas Kedley as the only announced Republican candidate. And um, Rita Hart, the former state senator and Fred Hubble running mate, seems to be clearing the Democratic field. She announced, I think, 73 endorsements this week, a lot of uh, state legislators and, and Democratic Party leaders. Um, is she also clearing the Republican field, Ed? No, I, I don't think that's happening. I, I will tell you, um, I, uh, that, that was an impressive list uh, that, uh, that Hart put out. And, and yes, it scared off some Democrats. But, I, you know, I would still expect to see a primary um, in, in that party. It just seems hard to believe an open seat would be seated to somebody even in a primary. Uh, you know, as for the Republicans, uh, this is too good an opportunity to pass up. Uh, Iowa's trended red at the top of the ticket the last three consecutive elections. And this is a presidential year, so I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see a lot of pressure be put on state senators who are in the middle of a term to give it a shot. Um, that might include Marionette Miller-Meeks, Robbie Smith, Chris Kenoyer. We've mentioned those names before. I don't know what their plans are, but, uh, you know, I, I could guess, uh, you know, that, uh, that that they're taking a look at it. There could, you know, also be somebody from the private sector. I, I mean, I would, I'm sure the party is looking very hard to, uh, to get somebody credible up. On, uh, get somebody credible to run. Well, there's this Bobby Kaufman's dad, Jeff, the chairman of the state Republican Party. Uh, but uh, I, I ran into Senator uh, Chris Kenora this week uh, and asked her about the race, and she said she's still considering it, um, you know, looking at things, how it would affect her family, how it would affect, uh, you know, uh, all those sorts of things. I, I didn't get the impression that we should hold our breath waiting for a, a for her to throw the proverbial hat into the ring, but she said she she's still looking at the race. 
Um, so, you know, they, they have plenty of time. Um, and, and as you said, uh, you know, probably names that we aren't thinking about who may be considering this or at least getting encouragement to run in the second district race. So that'll be fodder for future discussions, I guess. More uh, immediate uh, is are the developments in the U.S. Senate race. Uh, Joni Ernst is running for re-election, and Democrats are uh, sort of lining up to challenge her. Um, this week, Des Moines businessman Eddie Morrow made it official. Um, he wants to challenge Ernst. However, it appears that uh, Morrow, who sought the Democratic nomination in Iowa's 3rd District last year, stumbled out of the starting gate. Thomas, uh, you talked to Eddie Morrow this week. Um, how does he see this race, and what's his angle on uh, defeating Joni Ernst? Well, um, his main goal is kind of uh, talking about how our country, you know, sort of the partisan divide has really been, you know, widened and that uh, our country is broken and he's a leader who can tackle issues is what he's told me. Um, he kind of wants to focus on an earned income tax credit uh, as some of the uh, policy issues that he wants to kind of tackle while they're creating a public option for the uh, Affordable Health Care Act and focusing on reducing emissions and uh, trying to combat climate change. Then, you know, um, almost stuff that I would kind of, you would kind of expect to hear from a presidential candidate, uh, but since he's kind of running for federal office, uh, for, you know, it, makes, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, overall, it, you know, he's, I think he, he recognizes that he's, uh, you know, coming from two previous campaigns where he was not able to seal the nomination, but still considers himself you know, in Iowa and, and thinks he has a really good chance at winning this race. I hope he has believes in himself. But uh, did Thomas, did you uh, talk to him before or after his apparent campaign gaffe where he questioned Senator Ernst, whether Senator Ernst has the right kind of courage to serve in the Senate? I asked, I talked to him after that, um, actually. Uh, and what his, his thoughts on it were that he didn't consider it a gaffe because he considered that her courage that she showed was, and what he told me was that the courage that she showed during her military sh service is not the same courage that she's shown while in uh, while in office, and that's uh, sort of the clarification that he tried to make when I when I was talking to him uh, uh, earlier this week. So at a campaign event, uh, he thanked Ernst for her military service, and then went on to say, "quote In military service, you kind of fall in line. They tell you what to do, and you do what they tell you to do. That's what it's supposed to be about." Um, End quote. Todd, uh, is this comment that Republicans have pounced on and says it impugns the courage of everyone who's worn the uniform going to follow Morrow, uh, sort of like Bruce Braley's famous some farmer from Iowa comment about Chuck Grassley? Well, I mean, it, it could. I, I guess, you know, Morrow is not, isn't Bruce Braley as far as, you know, regarded as a, as a, as a contender of that level. Uh, I mean, I think what's striking about it is that there's a million ways you can make the point that Joni Ernst has, hasn't stood up to the president without bringing in the subject of her military service. I'm not sure exactly why he decided to do that. I, I, I'm sure he thought that was a, a salient point, but uh, I mean, that's just it's, it's sort of campaign malpractice, I guess. I mean, and whether this dogs him, as I say, I don't know that I, I don't. I don't know how much success he's going to have anyway. I don't know that he's seen as a, as a very serious threat to Ernst at this point. 
Uh, I mean, it, you know, the the Des Moines businessman versus uh, statewide female elected official with small town background. I think we saw that movie last year, <laughs> and it didn't work out so well for the Democrats. So, and 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 I don't I don't know Eddie Morrow, but just from following you know from afar his his political career, I, I don't I don't think he's even Fred Hubble. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Does this dog him? I think what's what's dogging him most is that Joni Ernst is popular, and that uh, you know it's anyone that challenges her is going to have an uphill fight, and it doesn't help to come out of the gates, uh, saying something that yeah. detracts from your positive message on how you're going to do that. For, for the record, Morrow went on to say, in public service, I think there are times when you just need to step out of line to to say, "I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, you're wrong." Um, and and it, it, I think you're right, Todd, that there are other ways he could have said this and made the same point without uh, talking about her military service. And it just seems like, if nothing else, it confuses what he's trying to say. And it, it, it's, yeah, it's campaign malpractice, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so sh should he apologize for this or should he sort of take a cue from Congressman King and just double down it on an outrageous like statement? It statements? sounds like he's sticking by it. I mean, oh. it sounds like he's, he's reframing it. And his reframing, admittedly, would have been far better than what he originally <laughs> said. But that's the problem. Is that, and, and, he, and I also read, you know, and I think this was a more conservative website, so take it with a grain of salt, but I, that he basically was blaming the tracker from, is it America Rising? Is that uh, the, the group so. that's, that's tracking him? It was the tracker's fault that, you know, they recorded that and then twisted <laughs> it. And I, it's, I mean, that's, that's also a losing game. Yeah. I hate of, it when I'm quoted I, accurately. I, I hate that you recorded me and, and played it back. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, don't, don't quote me accurately when I say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Realize I didn't mean to be stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also uh, in that Senate race, uh, Lynn County Supervisor Stacy Walker said he's giving it serious consideration. Uh, Walker is seen as a rising star um, by folks in the Democratic Party. He believes Ernst will be vulnerable because rather than make Washington squeal, she has to defend a record of protecting president who has done real damage to Iowa. Todd, um, you're familiar with Stacey Walker and how he's trying to be a different kind of county supervisor, proposing things like tuition-free college for low-income county residents. Um, what, what's his shot here? Well, you know, he's he's definitely an intriguing candidate, and he's young, and, you know, your your natural inclination is to believe that he should maybe run for the legislature first or, or maybe, you know, a congressional election somewhere down the line. U.S. Senate's a big reach. I mean, I think last time, I mean, we can all remember what the 2014 race was like and the 60 to 70 or whatever million dollars was pumped into it through outside groups and and the candidates themselves. I mean, it's it's a, and it's going to be a high stakes game for someone that has not run statewide and has never been un, under that sort of scrutiny and under that sort of pressure. That said, he's he's a he's a a compelling speaker. He's got a compelling uh, life story. He's uh, has, as you've mentioned, tried to broaden the scope of what the county board of supervisors here in Lynn County is concerned with. He's talking about poverty. He's talking about educational opportunities. He's talking about youth violence. He, he sort of spearheaded efforts to get some recommendations from a task force here that was formed after a teenager was shot a few years ago and, and, has, and has been very forceful on that issue. So 
he does have a message, and he and he has already been sort of uh, working outside of the normal, you know, secondary roads and other things that county <laughs> supervisors concern themselves with. So he may, you know, it's it's very possible that he's better known in this part of the state, which is an important part of the state, than any Morrow is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I think he brings attributes to the to the the campaign that could make him you know, someone to watch, mm -hmm. you know, you, he has upside. So, and if, if, you know, we don't know what the, what the landscape is going to look like. We don't know what's going to happen with the president. Uh, that's going to be a major argument against Joni Ernst. And if things would go further south than they already are, who knows what could happen. There was a point where nobody probably thought Joni Ernst could win. So there certainly was. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, crazy things happen. Nobody expected her to win the primary a little let alone the general election. Um, Ed, if Walker runs, will race be a factor in the outcome? I mean, he's black. And, and I guess why I ask that is because I was struck after the 2018 election, looking at the statewide races, how um, Deidre Dejir, uh, who most people thought ran a really strong, enthusiastic campaign against Secretary of State Paul Pate, in a Democratic waived election, she received 50,000 fewer votes than the gubernatorial candidate, um, and, and it was it was striking to me that she received so many fewer votes than other Democratic candidates running statewide. And, and you know, we've elected women to the Senate and now to the U.S. House. Um, are are Iowans ready to elect a, a black senator? Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if race is a factor. Race has always been a factor in this country, in Iowa, too, um, even if it's not talked about openly. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, in answer to your question, um, this would present uh, an historic opportunity to elect an African-American from Iowa to the U.S. Senate to Congress. Uh, so just like, you know, uh, Iowans elected Joni Ernst as the first woman uh, to send to Cong Congress, this, this would be an historic opportunity. Uh, you know, as for the question of experience, um, you know, if, if, if experience were the determining factor, Bruce Braley would be in Congress or in the Senate right now, not Joni Ernst, right? right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it's just one of the one factor, um, and it's certainly not the only factor people look at when they're looking at these candidates. So. Um, as, as we like to say, it's early. Uh, there's a lot of time uh, for Democrats, Democratic candidates to line up. I, I keep hearing there are going to be more. Um, I reached out to Senator Liz Mathis this week. Um, I keep hearing her name. I don't know if that's wishful thinking or if she's actually considering this race, but uh, she has not responded. Um, so I don't, I don't know what that tells us. If, if it tells us anything at all. But, yeah, I keep hearing that there are going to be more Democratic candidates. Um, and I guess I wouldn't be surprised if there were. And, and and if there are, we'll talk about them on a future edition of On Iowa Politics. I hope this week's uh, edition has been helpful and worth your time. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Fan mail may be sent to onIowapolitics at gmail.com. And you can find us every week on the home pages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Globe Gazette, Waterloo, Cedar Falls Courier, Courier, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And this week, Dream Thieves will take us out. If you know a band or talented Iowa musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file. And remember to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. For Thomas, Ed, Todd, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening.